0: Welcome to Stuff You Should Know, from HowStuffWorks.com.
1: Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark, there's Charles W. Chuck Bryant, and there's Jerry Rowland. So this is Stuff You Should Know, scratching edition. Yeah, this is one of many. You remember when we did uh, yawning? Yeah. Um, Well, that's the only one I can think of. Where just researching something makes yeah. you do the thing you're researching. This definitely happened with this one.
0: Yeah. Well, we ran across that and poison ivy and scabies for sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, and talked about some of this stuff, but I think itch, we had a itch we needed to scratch. Yeah. With this particular topic.
1: Well, I'm glad. Um, I've been wanting to do this one for a while.
0: Yeah. You did a video about this, right? Yes. A short video.
1: It... No, it was three, four hours long.
0: <laughs> okay. If I remember correctly. Does that mean we have to do this? Do I have to be here for the next four hours? Yeah, we have
1: to just play the whole thing and then we'll talk about it for an hour that after. That sounds good. It. Okay. I think it was a brain stuff video, wasn't it? Yeah, I watched it. Did it scratch your itch? Yeah, I watched it yesterday. Oh, okay. Nice work. Thank you very much. <laughs> You're just like. Now we finally arrive at what <laughs> I was after. What? Well, compliment? Yeah. No, it was great. Thanks, man. Um, so I guess the, the point of all that is to say, you that guys you are great. going, you're going, <laughs> right. <laughs> My videos are the best. Uh, that you're going to scratch. You're going to feel an itch, which is one of the great mysteries of itches. It turns out we only very, very recently have started to get a handle on what itches are. Yeah. Um, and there's still plenty of mysteries left to it. Like, for example, it's bizarre. And there's really no evolutionary reason, as far as anyone can tell, of why just hearing about itches or seeing someone else scratch can make you itch. Right. That's that's odd. That's that's weird. Like, or seeing a it.
0: video of an ant crawling up an yeah. arm will make you itch.
1: It will. But I mean, think about it. If somebody is sitting there, um you see a video of some schmo who's got his hand like near an oven, and he pulls it away really quick. It doesn't hurt your hand. It doesn't make you feel like Burning. your hand is burned. No. Nah. That doesn't happen.
0: I don't even think that would excite mirror neurons like a leg break would. No. You're just like, what a stupid idiot. That's what it excites, <laughs> you Yeah,
1: know? I, I hope, hope that guy's <laughs> hand just burns clean off. That's what I think, right? Right. Yeah.
0: Uh, you sourced a couple of, well, we had our own article on HowStuffWorks.com. Yeah. But you also sent this great New Yorker article um, written by Dr. Atul Gawande.
1: One of the best names in writing today. Yeah, that may be my new
0: hotel name. Well, you may be thronged by
1: science, <laughs> right? science fans. Cause that guy's pretty, pretty well known.
0: Actually, I don't, I've never used to alias at a hotel. That's dumb. And I don't even know if you can, can you? I guess if you're a big shot, you can.
1: Yeah, but you have to be like, I'm not Brad Pitt. I'm a Atul Gawande.
0: Right. <laughs> uh, but the, we'll get to some of the, uh, more interesting aspects of that article later, uh, specifically a very specific patient that's quite distressing
1: so calm down for now a tool's mom, <laughs> but um, we'll get to
0: it eventually. <laughs> he did include a couple of neat historical tidbits uh like in sixteen sixty there was a and Germans are all over this thing for some reason, yeah, you know researchers that they're they're all German
1: they had the itch to explain the itch I guess so, yeah,
0: the itch. Right. Uh but there was a physician in 1660 named uh Samuel Hoffenreffer. <laughs> actually that's my new hotel name. Yeah, it is. That's a good one. Uh he kind of well he defined it um by saying an itch is an unpleasant sensation that provokes a, the desire to scratch. <laughs> Pretty simple.
1: Yeah. But right on the money. It is and actually it's so it's so on the money that anywhere you look in the medical literature whenever they define itch Word for word, that's the the definition they use. The Hoffenreffer. Although, yeah, although poor Hoffenreffer doesn't get credit for it all the time, but that's the one. The only expansion of that that I've seen is that can occur anywhere on the body,
0: which well, apparently is true. I think Hoffenreffer, he felt that was implied. Right.
1: You it's like it goes without saying. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, then I'm scratching right now. By you? the way, yeah, It's yeah, started.
0: I don't know if I. Just noticed more? Mm -hmm. Because as I was doing it, I was thinking, well, now I'm scratching. Then I thought, do I always scratch this much or itch this much?
1: Oh, I hadn't thought about that. I'm pretty sure that I was – I don't think I scratch as much as – I don't know. you raise a really good question?
0: Maybe we can get an intern to follow us around (laughs) and just record our scratching.
1: Right. I'm surprised that that's not already a TV show, frankly.
0: (laughs) Josh and Chuck Scratch.
1: (laughs) Just being followed around. Yeah. Oh. You know? No one wants to see that. Well, that's probably why it's not. <laughs> You're scratching. See, that's what I'm saying. I don't think I scratch this much. Uh,
0: I don't notice it. Alright, moving on. Um, to Dante's Inferno. Uh, it, it was in Dante's Inferno, the burning rage of fierce itching that nothing could relieve is how falsifiers were punished.
1: Yeah, do you know what a falsifier is? Mm, us? I no, really like isn't that that somebody who like bears false witness or somebody who
0: falsifies a document or I don't know is it just a fancy name for liar maybe oh I thought you were gonna tell me you were just wondering
1: yeah I don't I don't know
0: all right well I don't know what Dante meant but they're they're bad people
1: sure apparently there's a special place in hell for him literally well I guess actually not literally figuratively sure (laughs) literarily
0: oh very nice. Uh so itching um scientifically is known as uh pruritus, p r u r i t i s. Yeah. It's one of those tough to pronounce things for me at least. Um and for well actually they still believe that the evolution of the itch was to help humans um survive basically because so many things that can kill you uh and and nature are things like mosquitoes or flies right. or spiders or fleas yeah. that can have like malaria or the plague or any number of diseases attached to their t- tiny little insect bodies. Right. So, hey, human, um, you've got a mosquito on your neck that could kill you. You might want to slap it or scratch.
1: Yeah. And that's still, as far as I know, the the um, evolutionary hypothesis for, for why we experience itching. Yeah. And it's not just us either. Well, it's- you're scratching like crazy now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's found throughout the animal kingdom um, from us to apparently fish have shown scratching behavior. Yeah, that's crazy. Fruit flies. How does a fish scratch, you might ask? It rubs up against rocks. Yeah.
0: It's kind of cute. It is a little cute. It's like I remember my dad uh, did like the – uh who was the bear in Jungle Book? Was that Baloo? Yes. He would do the Baloo where he would get up against a tree or a oh, wall. yeah, yeah. And then I did it probably because of that. I'm sure that's where I got it. And realize that it works. And I still do it every now and then. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I look kind of silly, but... Do you sing while you do it? Yeah. (laughs) Bare Necessities. (laughs) Right. That's still my favorite. What else are you going to sing? Like Uh, Mambo
1: Number (laughs) 5?
0: I'm going to start doing that, actually. (laughs) You'd be like, think something's wrong with Chuck. Yeah. So, like you said, though, it was up until almost... What was it? 1987? The mid to late 80s. Yeah. That another German... H.O. Handwerker <laughs> uh, and his gang <laughs> <Sure>. of Tufts, <laughs> um, they started to do actual like research about it. They were puzzled and wanted to solve it.
1: Right, because up to this point, up to actually 1987, everyone thought that an itch was just a low-grade pain stimulus. Yeah, I guess they were pain sensation. happy with that that's just what they thought it was. Yeah. And Handwerker said, "You know what? Let's let's find out if this is actually true. I'm tired of sitting around just assuming this is fine." Right. I'm Handwerker <laughs> and uh, he got to work, verk- er, with his hands uh testing this, right? Wow. So what he I know is like Jonathan Strickland level funds. Yeah. Um what he did was this is just awful. Yeah. He introduced using like, um, electrical stimulation, I guess. He introduced histamine to skin cells, uh-huh. right? And histamine is a natural, I don't know if it's a protein, but it's, it's a it's natural, a natural chemical, right? Yeah. That the body releases, uh, in response to certain stimuli. Say, for example, like a mosquito bite or something. And it triggers the, um, inflammation and immune response in that area, right? Yeah. So. Histamine is associated with itch, and it had been for a very long time. So this guy was using electrical stimulation to introduce histamine in increasing amounts in these poor study participants, and it went from barely noticeable to, this is a quote, the maximum imaginable itch, and they never felt pain.
0: Yeah, like even though they ramped it up, to eleven, no one ever said like, "Holy crap, that hurts."
1: They said, "Please, please, for the love, of God, stop, let me out of this." And Handwerker just cackled and cackled. <laughs> wow. Right, and the, these men with like black leather gloves were holding the <laughs> participants down.
0: Yeah, they said this is not worth the five Deutschmarks <laughs> right. that I'm getting for this lousy study.
1: Yeah, that's nice, man. That's this would have been pre-Euro, I think. Oh yeah, even though the EU was around, I don't think the Euro was around in '87, right? No, no, because the '90s.
0: I traveled. Uh, I traveled to Europe in 1997 Mm -hmm. and there was, I was still on all that weird money. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it was a while after that. So now scientists, uh, I think this sort of, um, introduced uh, an itch to the scientific community because after hundreds and hundreds of years, Hanvoka, sort of disrupted the, the thought process of the itch and the scratch right and all of a sudden scientists were like oh well maybe we should start looking into this maybe we can actually isolate the nerve and figure this thing out
1: yeah because I mean if it's not if it's not just a low-level pain sensation then that means it's its own thing and if it's its own thing it probably has its own system and we need to know more about it so they got to they got to study in it
0: yeah what may, I wonder if all of this was under the notion that they were trying to, uh, cure itching.
1: I don't know because from what I was reading, um, and all of this was pretty recent stuff. Yeah. There is a real unmet medical need in dealing and addressing like chronic itch. Sure. Because, you know, most people who go through life just experiencing itch under normal circumstances, right? Like right. say you or me. We're like an itch. Yeah. They suck for a second and then it goes away. Yeah. Imagine it not going away ever, whether you're asleep or awake right. or, um, swimming or in outer space or doing <laughs> whatever. Yeah. You're itching constantly. Supposedly it, um, it has as much of a pronounced effect on a patient's life, um, as chronic pain does. It's constant, persistent and agonizing and it's not. It's not being met or treated because it's not understood. So they're just now starting to get into pain re- or itch research. Yeah, I saw um, that somebody put it where pain research was about 20 years ago. So it's starting yeah. to really heat up, but we're still just starting to understand it. So I would think that they weren't looking to cure it. I think it was just pointed out that there was this whole branch of neuroscience that was right. totally not understood. So get to work,
0: neurologists. I wonder. I never really thought about it until just now, but I wonder what happens when a a performer or somebody like that is in the public eye or on TV or on stage or like the president giving a uh, address. Like, what 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 do they do if they have poison ivy or some other kind of contact dermatitis? Like, have you ever thought about that? Like, what if Lin Manuel Miranda uh-huh. has like a really bad case of poison? I guess they can get an understudy in that case. Sure. But you can't have an understudy as president. No. Which is too bad. You just go out there with your hands bandaged up, just holding them up. Like, how do you fight you that
1: poison ivy on camera? Day.
0: Or like a news anchor when they're just like, oh, my God, I'm dying. Uh, I don't know. I guess a news anchor can tape things. But I'm talking about live. What does Tom Petty do, for God's sakes?
1: Tom Petty grins and bears it. He had a scrabble childhood. He it sure did. Prepared him for that. I'm going to see him tomorrow
0: night. Oh, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Nice. Tom, I said about we're that. for coffee. Ah,
0: nice. <laughs> He's not performing. Um. Anyway, I was just curious about that. Um. Well, it's a good
1: question. Thanks. Do you remember when Costas had red eye at the Olympics and oh he was so God.
0: dedicated
1: to, <laughs> yeah. to to being the commentator, the anchor for the Olympics? They finally were like, "You have to
0: stop. Yeah. The, no one can look at you. People are writing in. <laughs> You're disgusting. them. <laughs> it was gross. Uh. One thing that made me think of that is I had um recently. You can still kind of see it on my forearm, the, the scars, but I did a cement job, I was building this fence, mm-hmm. putting in a gate at my house. All right. And, um, Scotty, you know Scotty. Sure. He Pippin. and I built, huh? Pippin. <laughs> Not Scotty Pippin. Uh, he and I built this, uh, thing together and we sank these huge posts for this gate and I didn't know that cement uh, mm. could cause contact dermatitis or even burns. Mm. Never knew this. Yeah. And we were, it was kind of a tight spot and we couldn't get shovels in there in the hole. So we were literally mixing this stuff like up to our elbows
1: oh, no. with our
0: arms. And I was like, this kind of feels good. I even said, oh, like, no. you know, like oatmeal or something. And then two days later, my right arm was just covered in the nastiest dermatitis I've ever seen. Wow. Yeah, and I then can he see got it. it. Yeah. It's still like kind of hanging around. So I went and got, um, a prescription for steroids uh-huh. which made me a little crazy for a week and a half okay um did you
1: trash the gate and have to start over no rage?
0: i think i was probably not the best husband though i see <laughs> over that time period yeah um judging from emily saying hey you're a real a-hole get off the steroids <laughs> gotcha <laughs> um get off the juice and i was like shut up watch this watch me hit this homer so long story short I experienced this recently and it was awful and I can't imagine like shooting a TV show or something or like doing anything on or performing live. Yeah. Like I would have to address it because I would scratch and smack it was what I usually do. That's what you're supposed to do, not scratch.
1: Smack w- it? I guess we'll just cut to the chase here. This is why everyone's listening. How do you scratch a niche correctly? You rub it.
0: Yeah. I didn't do, I, I did, you know what really did it was the, uh, we have a, uh, handheld, uh, implement in the shower along with the regular shower head. Okay. Yeah. And put that sucker on the the tightest, hardest, most penetrating flow. Right. And just put that hot water on it, man. And that was like, I I think I spent half my days in the shower Yeah. over that week and a half. Were you biting down like a broomstick while you were doing that? No, it felt so good, man. I was just like, I couldn't get enough of it. Huh. And then the cortisone and all that junk too.
1: So, uh, well, well, actually- well, we'll talk about this because this, you're raising some great points here.
0: Well, I just kind of—that ruined the spoiler.
1: No, no, this is good stuff. We're gonna analyze what was going on with your arm after this break. How about that? Sounds good. So, Chuck, you had contact dermatitis, right?
0: I thought it was poison ivy because that area has some poison ivy. Uh-huh. But each of us, Scotty and I, had it just on the arm that right. we <laughs> sunk in cement. Right. <laughs> and then we researched and found out that could happen.
1: Yeah. So lesson learned on that. Yeah. So what happened was you something in the cement, and I'm not sure what it was, reacted chemically with the um, mast cells in your skin. Yeah. Yeah. And histamine was released, right? Apparently. And so the histamine um, sent a signal through specialized uh, nerve cells called C-fibers.
0: Yeah, which um, C-fibers aren't just limited to itching. I think only about 5% handle that, and right. most of the rest are for pain.
1: Right, right. So they use the same type of neural pathway as pain, but for itch, it's it's... Basically, it's just like no these these are just for itches only, yeah, and it sent a uh, signal through your spinal column, and in your spinal column, it released a a neurotransmitter called um gastrin releasing peptide receptor, and so at the skin, the histamine would have released a neurotransmitter called uh what
0: Natriuretic polypeptide B,
1: okay. So that says itch signal coming your way uh-huh. along those C fibers. Yes. Okay. Uh, it makes it to the spinal column. And I guess in about 2007, they found that there's another neurotransmitter in the spine that I guess um accepts the the uh, NPPB,
0: the invitation
1: and says, I'm going to transfer this along up to the brain. That's gastrin releasing peptide receptor that shoots up to the brain and it starts this cascade of activity. Right. Yeah. Because when they like after Handwerker said, Hey, you know, itching's its own thing. Uh-huh. These other researchers went to town and traced and figured out there, that there were specific, um, specific types of, itch receptors that were dedicated just to itches yeah, right
0: more germans more germans and swedes a
1: couple case. of swedes but mostly germans just for right? good measure yeah yeah and what they found eventually from tracing this pathway they were able to follow it uh into the wonder machine and apparently they made some people itch and would not let them scratch it and then they had them lay down in an MRI and they they took a brain scan and they found that there's this whole uh galaxy of stuff going on in your brain that combined is the itch sensation.
0: Yeah, it was pretty interesting too. There's a there's a signature pattern in the brain when you get an itch and uh a few specific areas light up. Uh one is a cortex, and it all makes sense when you put it together. Right. Uh the cortex uh in this case just sort of geolocates where on your body you're getting that sensation. Right. So that helps.
1: It's like uh, left elbow.
0: Yeah, or in my case from right elbow to wrist. And then a little bit in other places, but not too bad. <laughs> that, that was the main area. Is this your cortex
1: still saying this?
0: Yeah, <laughs> very uh, complex conversation going on. Uh, and then the region—I thought this is interesting—the region that governments uh, governments that governs emotional response. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, this is your brain saying, "Like, I don't like this. This, this is, makes me feel bad." Yeah, it's the worst thing ever. Do something. Uh, and then finally, the limbic and motor areas. And I thought this was the most interesting. Um, those areas process irresistible urges. The same ones that say, I want to smoke crack or I want to eat too much cake. Right. Says you have an itch that is unbearable and you need to scratch it.
1: Right. And maybe go smoke some crack and eat some cake while
0: you're at it. Cause that'll help. Right. <laughs> so I just, I don't know. I thought that was all very s- super interesting when you combine that pattern.
1: Yeah. That's the, that's an itch. And then, then followed by the irresistible sc- urge to scratch it, which apparently research has shown. Those two do not happen in, independently. They're, they're part of a cycle. Yes. There's a, something called the itch scratch cycle, right? And so you have an irresistible urge to scratch the itch. It's, it's weird. If you think about it, like on the one hand, it makes sense where you, you sense that there's a, a really hot heat source that your hand is really close to. Uh-huh. So you have an irresistible urge to pull it back. But it doesn't feel like an urge; it almost feels like an involuntary reflex. Yeah, I think it, it's that quick. A scratch is almost like I'm going to kill this itch. I can't wait to scratch it. Like you're almost exacting revenge on the itch for itching you, right? So a scratch is—it's an irresistible urge. Whereas, like pulling your hand back from a a hot a hot source or something is like an involuntary reflex. It just feels different. Like a, a scratch is its own thing.
0: Well, it is. You know, they kind of found that out. And, and Gawande, Dr. Gawande, um, pointed out something interesting too that I never thought about is that you can have like that short collar rubs against your neck all day and, right. you, and you might never notice it. But if there's like one little string that's just poking one little area, that might trigger an itch.
1: Right. And so you would think that, you know, itch receptors are super finely tuned and they, they cover just this one tiny, like. That's what it would seem like. Micron of skin. As a matter of fact, no. Apparently, an itch receptor can sense itch stimuli like three inches away from it. On this crazy. crazy, yeah. So they're really sensitive.
0: Yeah. Whereas pain receptors are that specific, right? Uh, down to like you know millimeters. Yeah. Um, and the other thing they found out too is that not only can they sense it from a few inches away, but it's a very slow acting thing. Right. Which. Um, as opposed to like heat on the hand, like yeah. a candle on your hand. Almost said candle in the wind. <laughs> uh, that's super fast, but, um, that, that explains why an itch, like, is kind of slow to come and then slow to resolve by scratching. Yeah. It's not like you scratch it and you're like, Oh, it's all better now. Yeah. It helps a little bit.
1: So, so the itching is a, it's a good strategy if you think about, um, Say you're, you're, there's a mosquito on you and that's what's making you itch. When you go to scratch it, you're getting rid of the mosquito, maybe even smushed it or something like that. The, the problem's taken care of. The issue is, is that that itch scratch cycle eventually becomes a vicious cycle because when you scratch, this is what they think is going on. This is another mystery with itches. We don't understand how scratching alleviates an itch. Right. Or why we scratch really, right? What they think, the current hypothesis is that when you scratch an itch, um, you're stimulating other receptors in the area that aren't itch receptors.
0: Yeah, so I, I got that. But what does that do to sort of like say, hey, body, don't worry about that for a minute. I like think so. A pain receptor is now active.
1: Right, exactly. It's it's sending feedback to the brain saying it's, it's being taken care of. You can settle down with the itch. Gotcha. Right? I think the problem is, is that neurologically or neurochemically, when you scratch an itch, you're activating those pain receptors in the area, pain pressure, that kind of thing. You're causing um serotonin to be released. Right. Natural pain reliever, right? Yeah. Or at least mood enhancer. And what they found is that serotonin, among other neurochemicals, actually exacerbates the itch sensation. So your itch not only comes back, it gets worse. Ah. So you go to scratch it again, and then the same thing happens over and over again. That's the itch scratch cycle, which it's not the best cycle around.
0: No. You can a, think of
1: better cycles.
0: Not a bad band name. Yeah. It's okay. A little too cute.
1: Maybe Prague. <laughs>
0: Folk prog? Well, they'd have to be German, probably. German folk prog. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, another interesting thing they learned, too, was that... um I guess we're kind of jumping around, but who cares, right? If you scratch... You don't have to scratch the point of the itch to relieve it, apparently. Right. Like, if you have... I had that itch on my right uh, forearm, and I could scratch maybe... It doesn't have to be the left forearm, so it's not like you have to mirror it. Um but I could scratch like my neck and apparently that might help relieve it. Yeah, I tried it. It didn't
1: work for me. No, no. But I think the reason why there's that's, it's possible that it could have that effect is supposedly scratching also, um, activates like your pleasure center. Yeah, you bet it does, but there's different, different places where you're scratching on your body, um, have different amounts of pleasure associated with them. (laughs) Did you know that? (laughs) i mean i guess I guess so, but yeah, interesting,, well, yeah, but I mean, think about it, it's like if you scratch your scratch your like your clavicle, who cares? it's nothing right, but then you scratch like your head right above and behind your ear, it's
0: great, well, and they I think they did find that like uh your back and your ankles supposedly mm-hmm. are some of the most rewarding places to scratch exactly, and i i I don't know, I've never really thought about the ankles, but um. My mom would give me back scratches mm-hmm. when I was a kid. That's nice. And it was always like one of my favorite things ever. Sure. And so I don't get those anymore now that I'm a grown up because that's gross. <laughs> <You know? laughs> mom, scratch my back. All right. I'm 46 years old. Lay down. <laughs> uh But yeah, it was like, I think I preferred to back scratch to a back rub even. Oh, yeah. When I was younger, but now, you know. A massage is probably way better. Sure. But if they, if a masseuse could include a little back scratch in there.
1: Yeah. Get ready for
0: a huge tip for me. Yeah, I guess so. Or does that, what, is that sexual?
1: I think it crosses a line once they're potentially clawing away skin cells. I think that's, <laughs> it's no longer in the masseuse range or masseur range.
0: Yeah, I, I get that. Once skin cells are involved. You know? Under the nails. Sure. Then you're a murder suspect. Right, exactly. <laughs> Uh all right, well should we take another break? Yeah. And talk a little bit about one of the most distressing uh articles I've ever read.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: right so we've referenced this article from the new yorker from dr atul gawande and um he talked a lot about itching and just had good information on the science of it all
1: well that's what he does
0: (laughs) but most of the article was focused on uh a patient a woman in massachusetts uh that they named m for the article just m the letter m right in other words you know she's anonymous yeah. Uh and I think she was anonymous because she kind of had a rough go uh <laughs> after her divorce. Um she end- ended up getting uh HIV from uh getting on heroin. Uh-huh. Kind of spun out it seems like, but That's then sad. got her life back uh by all accounts, but ended up getting shingles as a result of HIV complications. Right. And the shingles went away, but the itching did not to say the least.
1: Yeah, I think the itching came after the shingles even. And at first her, her physicians were like, well, I mean, you must have, you damaged some nerves in there. So TS for you, I guess. Yeah. Um, and then eventually after treating it like all these different ways and it's still being scratching, they said, okay, you're crazy. How about that? Right. And she said, well, whatever. I still have this itch. Do whatever you need to, to treat it because I'm literally scratching this itch in my sleep. It was on her scalp, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, it was on her head and she, um, she kind of managed to, to control it during the day. But like you said, at night, she couldn't control it right. to the point where I think she was like restrained in her sleep. That came after. Oh, okay. After they realized it's a problem because your brain is oozing out of your head.
1: Yeah. Can you believe that? She scratched her scalp so much that she scratched through her skull. And she went into her doctor one day and said, they've got like this green fluid coming down. And then apparently the, the doctor, doctor the doctor didn't even say anything. He was just she or she was like, excuse me, went and called an ambulance and came back and said, please lay down and don't talk or move or do anything else. And they finally told her after she was at the ER, you scratched through to your brain like that's your brain you're touching
0: right now. The doctor's like, very interesting. Yeah. Um, just give me a second here <laughs> <laughs> or, uh, um, please oh my god <laughs> uh, well, they gathered up all the other doctors and nurses and like, sure, yeah, you got to come see this.
1: She said also in this article, um she said that she had a uh a, a what do they call them? a roommate at a, yeah. a, a yeah, okay, a roommate, yeah, so um she had a roommate while she was like they treated it, gave her a skin graft. And then she, she itched, she scratched away the skin graft. Oh man. And then, um, they finally were like, okay, you're going to an asylum. And she's like, do they even call it that anymore? And they're like, just shut up. Yeah. And they put her in this asylum and restrained her, like you said, while she was sleeping. Crazy, and she had a roommate man. in there. She said in the article, she, did, she heard didn't survive. He had scratched through his carotid artery and died blood death. Yeah. Um, so. They never really got to the bottom of this. She finally got a, a doctor. Like, the doctors are like, it's something that had to do with the shingles. This is what we think happens at her doctors. That the the nerve endings around the area where she had shingles were so devastated by the shingles yeah. that there were just a couple of nerve endings left, and it just so happened that they were itch receptors, oh. itch, itch, um, yeah, itch receptors. Bad luck. And that those were like really exacerbated by the fact that there was no other competing sensations. Oh, ipso facto, there's your problem, right? So they said, well, let's we'll just cut the main nerve to the to your face, and that should solve the problem. They cut the main nerve to her face and, um. She said, thanks a lot. (laughs) Yeah. And then the itch came back and she's like, you have to be kidding me. So finally she met a doctor who said, I don't think it's your, uh, your receptors or the nerve transmission. I think it's your brain. Yeah. Not psychologically. I don't think it's a psychosis. I think there's that the actual itch signal in your brain is being set off without any stimulation or transmission going on. Yeah. And, um, apparently she was right. But, but then them. they were like, "Good luck treating that."
0: Right. You know, I didn't see much follow up on this. I did read one article that um, a follow up with Dr. Gowande because there were a lot of skeptics after that article came out that said it's impossible with your fingernail because she said she didn't use an implement. It's not like she got out a metal file, right, to scratch through your skull, right? And he said that his theory was that she, uh, bacteria it became infected, had eaten it away such uh, that the skull became soft,
1: turned it to mush.
0: Yeah. Yik. Uh, and then people also said, you know, you don't have men and women in the same room in hospitals or asylums. That's, that's false. And he said, uh, that it was like the, the room next door. Um, and <laughs> quit being pedantic. Yeah, really? <laughs> Man. I think people just didn't believe it. So all these folks wrote into the New Yorker. So, all so. All these uh, coastal elites. Right. Said no way.
1: They said a tool, a tool. Come yeah. on. So the, the idea though that, even if this woman was hypothetical I think Tulgawande is pretty upstanding cat and oh, yeah. didn't make this up but even if she, say she was hypothetical her problem at, at what the doctors initially thought it was was that she had a neuropathic itch type of chronic itch but then the yeah. the doctor who apparently figured it all out said no 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 it's a neurogenic itch another type of chronic itch and it has to do with whether it's the brain going off or the nerve transmissions going off. Either way, you don't actually have an itch, although f- you're experiencing the itch sensation.
0: Well, and they also then said at some point she had a psychogenic itch. Right. So they basically covered three out of the four kinds of itches. Uh The last one being, uh p- man, I had such a hard time, Prereceptive. And that's what you get from like a mosquito bite. Yeah. Or if you have a skin disorder like eczema or something. Sure. So they basically ruled out the most common one and at various stages said, eh, nah, you've got this other one right. for the other three.
1: Right. Finally. And then again they said we don't there's really nothing we can do to treat it. The one that they've got down pretty well is prereceptive. Yeah, We've got easy. all sorts of stuff to treat that because that's that's basically histamine is being released and your your skin is itching. So you can treat histamines with antihistamines. Yeah. You can reduce that response and then your itch will go away.
0: Well, I took uh, Benadryl at night mm-hmm. and they also make this Benadryl spray, uh, a topical spray that just, it really helps. Right. So between that and cortisone and then the Benadryl at night, I I did okay. Right. And those awesome showers.
1: So the, like the pro itch, we've got treatment for basically. Yeah. The other three, you're, you're in trouble. It yeah. turns out. As far as it stands right now, maybe five or ten years from now, there'll be something. Apparently, there is a lot of movement right now on treating this stuff, but it's like they're having to figure out how to block some really otherwise important chemicals in the body, like that NPPB, right?
0: Yeah, that one what is it can help can regulate your blood pressure as yeah, well. Yeah. Right. So you they can't, can't just switch that off. Right. Yeah. Just turn off the gene that produces that. You won't itch but you might die early. Right. Not worth it. Right. The one that really I mean they're all sad but the psychogenic uh when you have a mental illness where you feel like you have parasites and bugs on your skin. Um they
1: Remember our Morgellons disease? Yeah. How did you said it Morgellons, right? And I said Morgalons. <sighs>
0: I can't remember i i know that i said it the way everyone else else says it though <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's all i remember morgulons that's um, right that's how i said it man but all this stuff it, it just I had so much empathy for M. yeah and wanted to follow up so bad to see how she was doing you know yeah and if she kept scratching holes in her skull
1: I yeah, i don't know jeez so there's, I read another article called Accidental Therapists. Uh-huh. It's by a guy named Eric Broodman, and it was published on a website called STAT, and it's all about delusional parasito- parasitosis, but how it's treated sometimes by um entomologists, you know, like those um extension services at universities. Yeah. Here in the U.S., like state universities have what are called extension services where <clears throat> like uh. Um, the scientist will just b- basically be there for the public to come talk to about whatever. Usually it's like household stuff or yeah. farm stuff, something like that. Um, and apparently entomologists frequently are approached with people who are like, I've got these bugs like crawling all over me. Here's a sample of them. And it turns out it's like carpet fiber or something like that. And these people just can't stop itching or whatever, but it turns out they have a delusion. They don't actually have parasites. My question is, is is that our understanding of it now and in five or ten years we're going to know that they had neurogenic itches and we just treated them like they were crazy even though they weren't? Yeah. And it's going to be like a a real blemish on the history of neuroscience? Maybe. Or will this idea of psychogenic itches you know, hold
0: up? Yeah. I wonder. Did you ever see the Todd Haynes movie Safe with Julianne Moore? No. It was one of his first movies after the... Karen Carpenter thing he did, uh, that wasn't like, I mean, it was a real movie, but it wasn't released. Um, but safe was very disturbing. It was about a woman who kind of slowly drifted into madness from, uh, believing that the world was poisoning her Wow! and like household chemicals and everything. And it kind of started slow. And eventually she ended up at this kind of safe camp for people like her. Right. Um, very distressing movie and one of her first movies too.
1: I'll have to check it out.
0: Yeah, it's really good. Oh, it's old? Yeah, it was, it was early 90s, I think.
1: I know you're talking about, no, it's the, called the Road to Wellville. <laughs> Is that what you mean? No, it's called Safe. Okay, I'll check it out.
0: Yeah, it's good. Very distressing.
1: I'm trying to think of anything. And that wasn't
0: necessarily itching, but it was just like, That psychogenic thing of, like, I think everything in my house is killing me.
1: Yeah. I mean, have you ever, like, stopped and thought about something and thought, there's there's the path to madness right there. I'm staring down it right now. I should probably not keep thinking about
0: this. Mm, I don't really get like that. Oh, no? No, I'm I'm very easily kind of led on to the next shiny thing. I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, like a bird. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. That's probably for the best. It is. It has its drawbacks, though uh what else you got well one thing it says in here is that um having someone else scratch your itch does apparently does not do the trick so you have to scratch your own itch
1: yeah i mean somebody can like obviously like you know if you're like a little left a little left up 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 yeah see it I, I, work. I agree with
0: that oh man not you uh, the them saying oh right like i think it definitely helps
1: i think what they're saying is is it doesn't have quite the same relieving properties as if you do it yourself.
0: Oh, yeah. And if you could reach that area of your back, it would be better than that. Yeah, I guess so. I got a pretty good back scratcher now, though.
1: Oh yeah, what's it made of? Bamboo?
0: No, it's it's metal, but it's uh, <laughs> tel- <laughs> telescoping, so it's not you know two feet long. Gotcha. But it can be. But it's metal. Yeah, it looks like a like what are the a parts? bear claw? Not the pastry, but a oh a real bear claw. Which actually looks like the pastry. Yeah, I guess it does. That's why they call it that.
1: I'd never thought about
0: that. Why'd you think that was called that? (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) They actually should call it a bear paw. It looks more like a bear paw than a bear paw. I'm gonna try and bring that, bring that around.
1: Unless you get somebody who like really goes the extra mile and puts almonds on the tips to make it look like the claw.
0: Yes. And not just haphazardly scattered about the bear paw. Exactly. Yeah.
1: That's the difference between a baker who loves their job <laughs> and one who's just in it for the money. Yeah. A uh, couple more things, Charles. Like we said, there's um still plenty of mysteries around itches. Yeah. Why, say, does a feather tickle sometimes but itch other times? Uh-huh. Big question. They don't know.
0: Right. But I'd like to know. Well, maybe the Germans will get active on this again yeah they're the only ones who can solve it
1: though only the germans can <laughs> save us you got anything else no i don't
0: i don't either itching nice work thanks man same to you thank you and you haven't scratched in a while so
1: no i'm actually um i've been scratching the same spot and it's starting to get a little tender so i'm stopping
0: man there's nothing worse in a movie and i've seen it i feel like i've seen this a few times in movies where someone is compulsively like scratching until it becomes a sore uh-huh. and then they're scratching it. It's just like, uh, through can't to watch their that. brain. Well, yeah. So
1: I guess the moral of this one is what would Tom Petty do? I'll ask him tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to know uh, more about itching or what Tom Petty would do, you can type those words in the search bar at house And since I said search bar, it's time for listener mail.
0: Uh, I'm going to call this one of the many emails we got on the swearing episode. Did you notice that people really seemed to like that one? Yeah, they did. Got a lot of response. Yeah. From mostly from uh, fellow potty mouths, mm-hmm. which were very filthy emails too, which were great. Yeah. And I responded in turn by cursing at them. Sure. In my replies. Sure. Which I hope they enjoyed. In all caps? No. I didn't want to be too aggressive. Um, so this is from uh, Emily Allen. Hey, guys, long-time listener. First time writing in. Um, writing about swearing, I should start by saying that it's funny I'm writing about this episode because I almost never curse, and when I do, it's normally not a very offensive swear. Uh, however, your intro made me think of something interesting I wanted to share. You talked about how you really censor yourself during recording in order to keep your show family-friendly. It got me thinking about how our jobs really shape our vocabulary, how we express ourselves. Uh, I noticed a major change in the way I speak since becoming a teacher. I primarily teach kindergarten to second grade students, and I found this really changed the way I express myself. Uh, for example, I try to avoid uh, even saying things are dumb or stupid around kids. I'll we'll often say, well, isn't that silly instead? Uh, this works in the classroom, but I often get laughs from friends and family when I refer to a situation as silly. Like a disagreement with a colleague or something a politician does. <laughs> There are other expressions I use with kids that often slip into regular conversation as well. The most embarrassing, when I'm out and excuse myself to go potty. That always gets a laugh. Uh, anyway, I just wanted to share and thank you for all the great work you do. I learn so much from listening each week. And I'm always excited to see the new episode, Offerings, every Tuesday and Thursday. That is from Emily Allen. Thank you, Ms. Allen. Very silly. <laughs> uh,
1: that was a very nice email. Yeah. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us like Ms. Allen did, you can tweet to us at SYSK Podcast or Josh Um Clark. You can hang out with us on Facebook.com slash StuffYouShouldKnow or slash Charles W. Chuck Bryant. Uh, you can send us an email at StuffPodcast at HowStuffWorks.com. And as always, join us at our home on the web, StuffYouShouldKnow.com.
0: For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com.